some of the phrases they use can be hugely misinterpreted. So one typical one, the British people would say, "Hmm, that's very interesting." So for the people who are come from different culture, would say, "Oh, he's very impressed by my presentation." But actually, what do they really mean? Is that this is clear nonsense? What you just said is clear nonsense. But all those coded communication can really affect how people communicate. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome, everybody. We're really glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming. While you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask three favors. Number one, please subscribe to the show. Number two, please share the show with just one other person. And three, go to GerardTrainingSolutions.com and download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I have Lulu with me of Lulu Coaching. Lulu, welcome to the show. Who are you, and what do you do? Hi, Eric. Thank you for having me on the show. So I am Lulu. So I am British, but I'm from China. Or、so、sometimes I like to、uh, say. Uh, I'm made in China, so I live in the southwest of England, and I'm married to Alison, who's from the UK. So I met my wife in China in the university where I used to work as the foreign affairs secretary. So in terms of what I do, I am at the moment senior manager in an international relief and development organization, leading a team of managers and spe- technical specialists. Who are based in Latin America, Africa, Asia, and in the UK, delivering projects. Excellent. Well, tell us a little more about your background because I know you've got a very interesting and deep background, especially around cultural intelligence. So, tell us about that. The, the reason why I'm interested in this is that those folks who know me know that I have a master's degree in intercultural communication training. From Arizona State University, and I actually lived and worked in Australia for a couple of years. And like you, Lulu, there was a girl involved. I married an Australian, and I've actually taught English in Japan. So I've been to Japan a few times, and I've traveled internationally extensively. So that's why we're having you on the show today. Yes, in a way, my cross-cultural journey really starts from the time I was working in China in the University Language Center. So that was a language center actually、uh, teaches Chinese to international students. So at the time, we have students come from around a hundred countries, come to learn Chinese and other culture. So I was then on the management team, managing the whole process. So that was my really my introduction to cross cultural experience. So working with all those people. Coming from different countries and different culture, really excited me, and really also opened my eye to the different ways of people doing things, and the thinking behind it is something I started to show really deep interest. So, interestingly, one of those foreign students came to study、uh, is my wife. So I met her. She's from the UK. I met her, and then we got married. And we moved and lived in Thailand for a year. So that was another interesting cross-cultural experience, working with an international、um, organization. And then later on, we moved、uh, to the UK. So for me, that is really a steep learning curve because 
I was in a very comfortable uh, management position in in China in the university, and then when I moved to the UK as a as an immigrant,、uh, as a foreigner, I have to make my way from scratch all the way up. So I using my、uh, cross cultural experience and knowledge I have gained previously in China, I was able to really quickly adapt to the British culture. Uh, working in this、uh, organization, interestingly, many people don't believe it now. I started in the mail room and a temp in a temporary job, and then worked my way up now in a senior management position. So yeah, that is quite quite a journey, I would say. Yeah, looking back, excellent, Lulu. Why do you think it's important for managers to develop cultural competence? Why is that important? Right. So I think. Nowadays, we live in a very globalized world, and English is the common、uh, language in business. However, this actually gives a false impression that we all speak the same language per se. But, like, if you if you look a little bit under the hood, you will soon notice many times that we can get stuck with cross-cultural issues in our work situation. Uh, I just want to use a few examples to highlight what this, what kind of challenges we can end up facing. So I remember once we were running a、um, HR、uh, training for、uh, an organization in Cambodia. So all the the directors, all the big bosses, all lined up, sitting down, ready to 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 learn. And then the English colleague, she started. By saying the subject is on succession plan, then、so、how to bring up the new leaders? But she started with this phrase that aimed at the、uh, the CEO said, "Just imagine if you run over if you run over by bus, who will who is going to replace you to this place?" And straight away, the whole situation just the atmosphere changed. The boss just threw the pen on the desk and then sat back. And kind of gave up, and then my colleague was quite surprised. She she late she later on asked me what 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 happened, what did I say? I thought, well, you actually touched the biggest cultural taboo. You actually you said, what if you run over by a bus? That's a cultural taboo. You should never say that because people take it seriously as offense to say you speak words over over them. So,、uh, cultural issues like this is really.、Uh, Important if you want to conduct business. Another example is that we have an African、uh, colleague in one African countries, which I don't want to、uh, name one. He's a senior manager, but then for some reason the team just doesn't、uh, follow him. It doesn't、uh, work with him well. And later on, we discovered actually in his tribal culture,、uh, his tribal status is actually quite low. In comparison to many of the people he is managing, and that is why the people won't follow him because they just sit, simply see him as this young guy with a lower status, and、uh, yeah, they won't follow him.、Uh, I've been working with、um, this British organization for many many years now, and it never ceases to、uh, amaze me that. In the management meeting, particularly with colleagues from one、uh, colleagues coming from different countries, and then our English side of the colleague 
or make comments in a meeting after people presented a project or presentation, uh, some of the very typical phrases they use can be hugely misinterpreted. So one typical one, the British people would say, hmm, after people deliver the tr- uh, a presentation, they would say, hmm, that's very interesting. So for the people who are come from different culture, would say, oh, this he's very impressed by my presentation, but actually what English people say, what do they really mean is that this is a clear nonsense. What you just said is clear nonsense. But all this coded communication can really affect uh, how uh, people communicate and how they can conduct business. So in summary, I think for if people, as particularly as managers, if you really want to deliver good results, you will need to have the cross-cultural intelligence. Otherwise, all those examples and all those challenges uh, I, I just mentioned could really affect the project delivery, the team performance, cost business money, and most importantly, can cause friction and argument among team members and distrust. And then at the end of the day, can cause some people a huge amount of uh, stress, the managers, because they can't deliver results. So, yeah, this is why important to ha- for managers to have cross-cultural intelligence. Wonderful. Thank you. Very well said. I will not say that that is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Although I really did think it was interesting. So, for real. Okay. Uh, well, where do you think the management development space needs to go from your perspective? So, yes, from my perspective and from my experience in this organization, I think... In, as manager and as management, when you move into this space, you automatically are giving loads of trainings by default, like financial management, project cycle management, uh, HR. Uh, but uh, very rarely, I would say, people are given training on the cross-cultural issues, particularly now that we all more or less work in one way or another, with colleagues across the globe. But very rarely, managers receive such kind of training. So I think this is quite a blind spot for the management space. So my organization is really kind of a weak in picking up the the fact, actually, after a huge amount of costly events, they really waking up to the fact actually this should become part of the standard management training package to teach the managers yeah, how to work cross-culturally. Yeah, I think that's where I see the space needs to really bring this aspect of training for managers as standard. Wonderful. Very insightful. Well, Lulu, do you have a product or a service you'd like to plug? Yes. Apart from being a manager, I also uh, run a private coaching practice called luluCoaching.com. So I have a program that helps to equip and empower managers with the knowledge of the cross-cultural intelligence. So basically, it's to really distill all my over 20 years ex- experience into this program so that you can get the benefit within short space, short amount of space. That program is also being used by my own organization at the moment. Yeah. 
All right, excellent. And I'll make sure that folks know how to find you if they have questions and want to learn more. Sure. Some fun facts about Lulu. A few speed questions, nothing too personal. The first one is if you could interview anyone, if you were sitting in my seat and were interviewing anyone, who would it be and why? If I were to interview somebody sitting in, my, in your seat, I would, uh, I would quite like to actually interview an interesting person. I would quite like to interview Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he, has, he is quite a unique leader uh, in this generation to really uh, bring a different perspective into the U.S. administration, if not to have set an example, I really want to understand more what what is his thinking behind some of the issues he has dealt with, uh, particularly in terms of bring the the uh, diverse diversity people into his administration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Obama was was a cool person. What's your favorite vacation spot and why? Right, we go to this place called Aschau in South Germany for holiday for decades now. It's right at the border with Austria. It's a beautiful mountain area. It's just really nice to be in there to relax and to uh, yeah, do some mountain climbing, walking with friends. Yeah, it's my favorite spot. And of course, you can't ignore the excellent Bavarian beer. <laughs> yes, they're good at that. Well, where would you most like to travel aside from Germany and Austria? You see, Eric, uh, with my work, I have traveled and worked in over 30 countries. But there's one place I haven't been is actually the United States. Interestingly, really? yeah. yeah, I only passed through my army. So it is actually on my bucket list. I really want to travel American Transcontinental Railway. To see the uh, to see this beautiful country, and for another reason is that this railway, the west section from Sacramento to Utah, actually was built by the Chinese immigrants. Mm -hmm. So I really want to kind of, if you like, retrace the ancestors' steps to 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 see the the work they've done and the environment they have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well. While you're over on the West Coast, you've got to come up to Seattle and check out Seattle. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Last question. What brings you the most joy in your life? What brings most joy in my life? There are actually two things. One is how I see myself at work. Is I see myself as a conductor of the orchestra and a gardener. So as a conductor, when I manage to bring people of different talents and different special gifts around the world to work together on programs and to deliver good results. I see that as a beautiful piece of music that really brings me, brings me joy. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that as a gardener, I like to create opportunities to coach and mentor people, particularly young managers and young staff, to really grow them into something, a better version of themselves. So that's another thing that really brings me joy. Wonderful analogy. Thank you. All right. Well, Lulu, thank you. That was a fantastic experience. I learned a lot. I'm, I'm sure my listeners learned a lot as well. How can people find you? Yes. That's, uh, thank you for uh, having me on the show. And people can find me on my website, 
uh, liuliucoaching.com. That's spelled as as L R U L R U coaching.com. And uh, just book a call with me and let's chat more. Okay, excellent. Lulucoaching.com. Well, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Eric P. Gerard on LinkedIn. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at GerardTrainingSolutions.com. Solutions.com.